Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. It's exciting to win money. Back out to Allen. History final. Bang! Tie game with five seconds remaining. Is there anything you don't gamble on? Uh, not really. Gambling gods, fickle bunch. Oh yeah, so easily offended. Gambling's not your problem. You're just an idiot. Welcome to the Full Slate NFL Week 15 Pick'em Pod, presented by Roman. I'm your co-host Cody Darwick, joined out in Chicago by my brother Tyler Darwick. Tyler, I think this is the worst slate we've had all year. This is a really weak slate of games. We've had a couple weeks where it hasn't been great, but this one might take the cake. Um, what do you say is the best game we're about to preview today? Bills Steelers, probably. I I actually think Texans Titans is the one I'm most looking forward to. Which, if you had asked me five weeks ago, I'd probably say Rams Cowboys. But with where things are going with the Cowboys, it's kind of went to shit. I, I just can't get that excited for a game and Bill Steelers that the total is what thirty six and a half. Yeah, it's super low. I think that's probably the lowest total we've had all year. Both teams are great on defense. That's not going to be a super exciting Thursday or Sunday night game, but definitely a weaker slate, especially coming off last week where we had a really great slate. Yeah, so get your holiday shopping done, Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa, whatever you may celebrate. This is your weekend to do it. Um, But we're going to still be here, Tyler, giving out picks, talking about these games, and we're even going to sprinkle in a little teaser today for the listeners. Um, It's it's been a while. Are you going to congratulate me on making the playoffs in our fantasy football league? No, because nobody really cares. 
but you want to talk about it? Let's actually, you know what, Tyler? Let's talk about Eli real quick. And uh, and that, um, Eli was back for the first half. He just needed a little more protection from the offensive line, maybe add a piece on the outside, and why not trot him out there for another year? Yeah, Eli definitely played well in the first half. There was a good clip on Twitter going around of him coming off the field on the sidelines after they scored and him staring down at Daniel Jones, basically saying, this is still my team. Um, so that was nice for a half, and then that went away. And, I mean, man, the Eagles are brutal. They won- ended up winning that game in overtime, but, I mean, wasn't a good win at all. They're they're terrible. The Giants stink. Just not a fun Monday night game. No. You want to talk about how you made the fantasy playoffs? You brought it up. Get it off your chest. Sure. So going into the last week of our regular season, we only have four teams make it. It's a 10-team league. I was in sixth. Person fifth had lost. So going into the Monday night game, the person fourth was up 86 points. I had more points than him, but he had a better record, so I needed him to lose. He's up 86. Person he was going up against had Wentz, Ertz, and Shepard. And we play in a high-scoring league, one-point PPR. Um, Six-point passing touchdowns, pretty high scoring, so it wasn't completely out of the realm of possibility, but not super realistic. The game was going on, didn't think I had any chance. And in overtime, I checked Wentz's stats before the last play of the game, and he was two yards away from our passing bonus there on the two-yard line. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure if he throws a touchdown to Ertz right now, I make the playoffs. That played out. It happened. The score. Congratulations, and let's move on. Um, so, Tyler, let's talk about uh, the first game we want to hit on here. Packers hosting the Chicago Bears. Packers minus four and a half point home favorites over under, and this one's 40 and a half. Now, Tyler, you, you've been anti-Trubisky for a couple of years now. He's starting to get a little bit of his 2018 mojo back. He looked good last Thursday versus the Cowboys. Bears have won four or five. Uh, he threw three touchdowns in that contest, and Bears still have a little bit of life here uh, in the NFC wildcard picture. Packers obviously continue. Um, to, they're the two-seed right now, actually, in the NFC. Uh, they barely beat the Redskins at home, 20-15. to 15. Tyler, which way are you leaning here, or do you want to finish your fantasy football story? No, I'm done. You rudely cut me off, so I'm over it. But... You know what's pretty surprising? Last year, the Bears were the best team in the NFL against the spread, 12-4 and four in the regular season. This year, as it stands right now, they're currently the worst team against the spread, 4-9. and nine. So crazy how things turn. Trubisky played well last week on Thursday night. Also, granted, his versus the Cowboys, whose defense has made, I think, every quarterback look good. Um, you know, he's played better. I think Matt Nagy finally realized their offense works best when Trubisky is running the ball as well. That's his best skill as a QB, not throwing the ball, which is concerning. But when you get him out of the pocket on the move, kind of like what the Bills do with Josh Allen, he is somewhat of a threat. So good for him for turning around. As it pertains to this game, though, I like the Packers, minus four and a half. Um, the Packers last 18 games versus the Bears. They're 15 and three straight up, 13 and five against the spread. The Packers are also seven and zero against the spread, following uh, and against the spread loss in their last seven. They didn't cover last week versus the Redskins. They didn't play great, kind of dragged through the game. But I think this game at home versus the Bears, they're going to get up for it. This is a chance to really end the Bears season, knock them out of the playoffs. So I think that's an opportunity they're excited for. It's going to be cold at Lambeau, and I don't think the Bears offense, you know, does well really anywhere, but especially in the cold weather. Dave Montgomery hasn't been great this year. Trubisky, 
I'm still not believing in him. He's still struggled. I don't think he's going to play well in the cold weather at Lambeau. So I like the Packers minus four and a half. What about you? Yeah, we're in agreement here. I think the Packers uh, offense will just play better in a cold weather game. Like you said, Aaron Jones has had a really nice year for them. He continues to be a force to be reckoned with. And the Packers have just been a really solid team. team when they're laying a touchdown or less they're 21 and 9 against the spread their last 30 in that spot and this number is a little low it's kind of the Packers offense has struggled a little bit recently um they've scored 20 points or less um in three of their last five I believe or three or last four um so they need to get back on track Bears are kind of playing for their lives here but I think the Packers are gonna come to play in a rivalry game at home I want to keep their leg up but against the Vikings in the divisional hunt. So we're in agreement here. Cold weather. Give me Rodgers over Trubisky in this setting. And uh, I think the Packers defense is playing well enough. I think they'll be able to stop. The Bears offense that has gained a little bit of momentum of late. Um, Tyler, next game we want to hit on. AFC South matchup, which a few weeks ago, this was a nothing matchup. It would be Texans versus kind of like a middling Titans team. But Ryan Tannehill's taken over and kind of taken this team by storm. He's 6-1 and one straight up. And against the spread in his seven starts, they've hit the over in all of them. So he's obviously shot um, a little bit of life into this offense. I was, quite frankly, so dead with Mariota. Um, doesn't hurt having a running back like Derrick Henry who's been absolute monster he has 599 rushing yards and seven touchdowns the last four games this is kind of Derrick Henry's time of year it feels like I have to break out my peacoat gloves earmuffs and Derrick Henry's just running for two touchdowns a week yeah it seems like the last two years with the Titans it takes them like seven or eight games to realize that just giving the ball to Derrick Henry is probably their best offense it happened last year it's happening again this year they they burned me last week. They dominated the Raiders, and their offense continues to look great. Tannehill has played really well. <clears throat> and for the Texans, just such a disappointing game last week. They got absolutely ransacked at home by the Denver. That game was never close. Even the final score, um, they only ended up losing by 14, but that is not telling at all. They got absolutely destroyed in that game. So maybe it's a bounce-back spot for them, but... I honestly don't see it. I think the Titans win this game and cover. They're 8-2 and two straight up and against the spread. Their last 10 at home in division games. And also, the Titans' last three home games versus the Texans. They're also 3-0 straight up and against the spread. I was at the game last year, as you know. Um, the Titans covered in that game. They threw a fake punt touchdown in typical Titans faction. So... I'm done. I'm done fading the Titans. I'm getting on the bandwagon. <laughs> they win this week. And this is a huge game for me from a future standpoint. I have the Titans under, which is pushing right now. I have the Texans over eight and a half there at eight. And I have the Texans winning the division. So this is a big game for me. But I have to lean with the hotter team, the Titans. They look great. And also, they're the better coach team. Mike Vrabel doesn't get enough credit. Making the change from uh, Mariota to Tannehill deserves some credit because I think We've never been big Mariota guys. We could clearly see he wasn't good enough. But they did draft him second overall, and he's supposed to be the franchise quarterback. And making a change like that is never easy, taking out a guy who's drafted so high, and it's worked out so well for them. So he deserves a lot of credit. I just When you watch that team, you could tell they really enjoy playing for him, and you just never see that with the Bill O'Brien team. No, I think... 
I think on the Sunday Scariest Pod, we talked about the Texans and it was so classic them to just lay a dud after beating New England the week before. Um, they're just such – they're a Jekyll and Hyde team. I feel like they're the new version of the Chargers now that the Chargers suck. You never know what you're getting with them week in, week out. They're an ultimate bounce-back candidate, and despite that, I still like the tight ends. I think that I think they're just the better team at this point. And I think three points at home. You mentioned their favorable trends: eight and two last ten divisional home games. Um, and and just as a home favorite, they take care of business. They're twelve and two, straight up. Their last fourteen as a home favorite. I I think they have a little bit of a home field advantage. Derrick Henry was saying how they're uh, basically calling out the fans. Except basically excited for them to have this big home game with a lot on the line here. Um, and I think this is more of a must win for the Titans, right? The Texans, the last week of the season, they host Tennessee. I think the Titans need to win this one if they're going to win the division. Um, so I like them in this spot. I think three is honestly not enough credit for how well this team has looked with Ryan Tannehill. Um, and Tannehill's the kind of guy that in Miami there were like three starts a year where you're like, oh wow, he's actually like pretty good. And then the rest, he kind of forgot how to play football and or he would get hurt or he's playing hurt. Some kind of mix of all of that. But it seems like he's found a good situation for him where they're so reliant on Derrick Henry in the run game that it just opens things up for him. Like we saw last week, the 91-yard touchdown. Every week they win, they they pop on a big play offensively. The defense flies around, makes plays. I like the Titans a lot in this game. And the Titans receivers are really good. A.J. Brown, Corey Davis. I mean, these guys were high draft picks, and they're panning out. I think with Mariota, they're being limited, but now we're seeing with Tanhill. Every week they're making big plays. I mean, Ole Miss had A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. I don't know how that team wasn't better, but those guys are beasts and just seems like, like you said, they're hitting on these big plays every week. And for the Texans, Titus Howard, a guy on their offense line, was put on the IR this week. So that just isn't good for an offense line that, you know, had gotten better this year from what they were at, but still not great. So Deshaun Watson, I think, is going to be running for his life. I think the crowd's going to be into it. This is a, I think it's a huge game for them, huge game for the Texans, but um, I just like the Titans. They're the hotter team, better coached. Their run game is great. I just think we're going to get just another Titans game where Derrick Henry breaks like eight tackles, has two long touchdowns. It just seems like that's the way their season's going. That Chiefs game that they pulled out of their butts, that was Ugh. insane. That's That has swung their season. They've been riding hot since then, so it's it's hard to go against the Titans. And the over-under is 50. Do you think that continues to hit with Tannehill as a starter? Uh, I feel like it's it, this is high 50 for this game. I actually like the under. I know they've hit, what, seven in a row. Um, but... I think the Titans are going to try and keep Deshaun Watson off the field and keep relying on Derrick Henry and the run game. Um, so I actually I like the under in this spot. Interesting. I, I think the over is a better play. I could see this being a shootout and Tennessee pulling away late. Um, just the way the Texans played last week, I would assume they're going to play better offensively early and come out kind of with their hair on fire. Because, um, you know, going into last week, they're sitting in a position where they basically controlled the division. They still do control their own destiny, but obviously it's a little tougher spot. So I do like the over. I think Deshaun's going to have a nice bounce back game. But let's move on to 
the last game we want to talk about before we take a quick break, the Rams traveling to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. The Cowboys are actually a, a one-point home underdog in this game. Over-unders, 49. Cowboys continue to falter. They've lost three in a row. Jason Garrett on the hot seat. Dak on the hot seat. Everyone's on the hot seat. Jerry Jones is incest. <laughs> Where are you leaning in this one, Cody? <laughs> uh, yeah, I... Uh, I, I'm leaning Dallas in a home spot. The line movement in this game has been kind of crazy. The line opened. Cowboys were four-point home favorites. And that swung, obviously, after the Sunday night result with the Rams knocking off Seattle. And this is another one that's kind of like a tale of two teams here. You mentioned it. They've lost the last three. Dallas has lost seven of their last ten. It's wild that... They still essentially have a playing game next week to get into the playoffs um, in Philly. But the Rams, you got to give them credit. The last two games have outscored teams. Um, their opponents, 62-19. to 19. Todd Gurley seems to be the healthiest he's been uh, all season. He had 27 touches last weekend for 113 yards. I think he's kind of the key to this Rams offense. Uh, when he gets at least 20 touches, uh, they've won their last three in that instance. Um, but when it comes to Cowboys, their offense is struggled. This is one of the top offenses in the NFL. Um, and as the competitions got better, the uh, Cowboys offense kind of got worse. Uh, they've only averaged 16 points a game uh, in their losses to the Patriots, Bills, and Bears. Um, but you know what? I think the Cowboys have extra rest. They played Thursday night. Rams coming off a big Sunday night football victory um and the cowboys have been good against the spread after they've had consecutive against the spread losses they're five and one their last six in that scenario and i just think they have to have a little bit of pride here like i think they're gonna come out ready to play i know the rams have a lot online here but cowboys plus one at home jared goff on the road not nearly as confident in him i know I know this score was 28-12 to 12 last week, and I uh, we both stayed up to watch it. My lock of the week, the Rams did their part. Goff looked good in the first half, but it's still kind of more the same with him um, in terms of the happy feet in the pocket. You get pressure on him. You, you know what you're getting there. He's going to get a little panicky. Um, and I, I think the Cowboys are going to play well in this spot. I expect Zeke and Dak to get it together. And... They're just getting dragged through the sand at this point, and it's pathetic. And the Eagles won uh, Monday night, and they're keeping the pressure on for next week's game. So I, I like Dallas. I think they just can't be this pathetic, right? At some point, they're going to beat a team with a winning record. They have too much talent not to. I think they are this pathetic, and that's why I'm taking the Rams. Um, the Cowboys this year versus winning teams own six straight up, one and five against the spread. The Rams are six and one against the spread. Their last seven road games are six and one straight up in December games under McVay. And I agree with you. The Cowboys are super talented. I still think Dak is a really good quarterback despite the recent struggles. I think they have good talent on offense. I think the defense has pieces, but the coaching staff is terrible. And I think they're starting to tune out Jason Garrett after all these years, all the years of him being on the hot seat. I think he's finally at his, you know, He's reached the breaking point with Jerry Jones, and they're kind of at the end of this run with him. So I think that team is starting to tune him out. I'm just kind of over-trusting the Cowboys. I think they have nothing left to prove. And their defense, which 
you know, got hyped up the beginning of the year and had some has some good players. Like they've made some pretty average to bad quarterbacks look really good. Mitch Trubisky had a great game versus them last week. Josh Allen played really well versus them. Jeff Driscoll a couple weeks ago in Detroit had a good game. Kirk Cousins tore them up like they're not that great. The defense has gotten exposed. I think part of it's on the coaching staff, which is completely acceptable, but I think they've tuned out Garrett and this team is slowly rolling over. Like the Jerry Jones stuff every day in the media has to wear on you. And I looked this up because it, it's felt like in the last couple of games, the Cowboys score quickly on their opening drives and then they don't do anything the rest of the game until garbage time. How many points in their last three games do you think they've scored in the second and third quarter? Second and third quarter. So six uh, quarters. Thank you. Um, I'm going to say 10 points. It's close. Six. So they've, they've scored six points in the last second and third quarters of their th- last three games. That's pathetic. That basically shows that once the offense, you know, most teams script their first drive or two of the game, and that's when they look good. But after that, they kind of fall apart. Um, and then, you know, they don't score until garbage time. Like the score last week versus the Bears, 31-24, super misleading. Their offense didn't do anything outside the first drive until garbage time. So I see the same thing happening. And the Rams defense played well. They had five sacks of Russell Wilson last week. They've played well outside that. You take out that Monday night game versus the Ravens, which at this point, Ravens have looked a lot of made a lot of teams look bad. Like their defense has played really well. Um, Clay Matthews is underratedly having a really good season. Donald's still there. I think this defense is going to give the Cowboys issues, and that's why I like the Rams. All right. Well, we're on opposite sides of that one. Um, yeah, I don't know. Cowboys at home plus one. It just feels like there's there's value there, and I, I don't know. I think it's, at some point this team has to right the ship, right? Are they really just going to be in absolute free fall for all these weeks? I don't know. I think – there's got to be a little bit of a pride element, Dak and Zeke, and these guys that have been there before and won playoff games. Like, come on, I think it's a little bit of show me something here, as the rest of the world's writing them off. But we'll see if that actually makes a difference or not. Uh, but we're gonna take a quick break, have a word from our friends at Roman, and then get back into it and kind of give out a teaser and lock of the week. Guys are terrible at taking care of their health, whether it's a knee injury, bad back, or something worse. Guys are usually more comfortable with rubbing some dirt on it rather than seeing a doctor. I know I'm guilty of it myself whenever I try to relive my glory days on the basketball court. The same is true for erectile dysfunction. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to chat with a doctor online. With Roman, you can get medical care for ED, if appropriate, from the comfort and privacy of your own home. You can handle everything online in a convenient, discreet manner. And getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire and complete an online visit. If your doctor decides that treatment would be appropriate, they can prescribe genuine medication that can be delivered in discreet packaging right to your door with free two-day shipping. Guys, go talk to the doctor. Erectile dysfunction can be tough to tackle, but it's really important to get checked out. With Roman, it's easy to connect with a doctor. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash BlueWire for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com slash BlueWire. All right, Cody, let's move on to this Sunday night game. Bills traveling to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. 
Steelers are two-point home favorites over under 36 and a half. This game actually got flexed a Sunday night a couple weeks ago. It was originally supposed to be Minnesota at the Chargers. Kirk Cousins and Phillip Rivers on Sunday night would have been a treat. But, you know, these are two playoff teams, the two wild cards right now in the AFC. So they deserve some love. Duck Hodges, 3-0 as the starter for the Steelers. Where are you leaning in this one, Cody? Yeah, these two teams... Defense first, 36 and a half, lowest total of the week. Um, don't expect a lot of offense here. Um, Bills last week <clears throat> showed showed me something versus the Ravens at home. They did lose by seven. They didn't cover, but they they had their chances. Um, they're still nine and four as a team, eight, four and one against the spread. Um, I think Josh Allen just kind of seem like he's still like he's not totally there uh to beat the top tier teams in the nfl but can he beat the steelers in pittsburgh it's it's a tough ass the steelers team like just continues to win games they beat in arizona in arizona last last week um they're eight and five somehow they just keep winning uh the defense is incredible they're finally getting some guys back too uh james connor and juju are both expected to play They've literally just been trotting out like it's kind of like Tyler when we used to play college football, uh, the video game on PlayStation. And you kind of get to a point where you know who your guys are the first year and then it's like year two, year three, and it's just random guys. You have no idea who anyone is or even like a Madden franchise a few years down the line. Like I don't know who any of these Steelers guys are at, at like face value that they've been rolling with on offense, but they're getting contributions from guys like Duck Hodges. He's been an upgrade over Mason Rudolph, Benny Snell, uh, Deontay Johnson, all these guys that are really stepping up. And I think Mike Tom does deserve a lot of credit. And I don't think he's going to win coach of the year because I think it'll probably be Shanahan or, or Harbaugh, but he'll be in the top three, I think for sure. And deservingly. So like you said, Duck Hodges, I think Tomlin had the electric one-liner after they benched Mason Rudolph. Why is he going with Duck? He said because he hasn't killed us yet, and that's proven to be true. But this, this that's incredible, Tyler. So just three starts, one of which ruined one of my locks of the week. Uh, so I have a little added respect and or resentment for him. So they've scored 67 points in his three starts. Defense and their special teams has accounted for 35 of the 67 points, uh, 52%. That's insane. Um, so they're getting a lot of kind of fluky random plays, but guys like Minka Fitzpatrick, they're flying around. This defense is playing great. All this being said, long-winded take here. I like the Steelers minus two at home. I like that they get some of their skill position players back. I think Sunday night football is a big stage for Josh Allen. And I think the Steelers are just more well-versed in these settings. Um, so I like them. And this is kind of a, uh, it's, it's crazy. I mean, these are two wild card teams and both can barely be trusted to score 20 points. Yeah. That, that's that about, how many points the defense and special teams has scored is absolutely insane. 52% is wild, but that just speaks the transition of the Steelers team. I mean, the last few years, it was the triple B's, the killer B's, whatever they were called with big Ben Le'Veon, and AB. They were all offense. Defense was okay. Not great. And now they've gotten kind of back to what the Pittsburgh Steelers have been great defense. And then kind of, 
I don't even the offense has been bad. I don't even know what you would call it at this point, but I agree with you. I like the Steelers. I just think Mike Tomlin has been there before. The defense is playing great. And the over under is 36 and a half, but taking the under doesn't scare me. The under has hit in the Steelers' last five games. Average combined score in those games is 31 points. Um, the Steelers allow the fifth least amount of yards in the NFL. Buffalo, the third. Pittsburgh has the most takeaways, which is probably the most scary part if you do have the under because there could be a pick six or a couple turnovers that really swing this game. And in the last three games, these teams have combined to allow only 27 points per game. So this is going to be a defensive game, ugly, run, run, punt, field position, one big play swings it. And I like the Steelers at home on prime time. Uh, they're 12-3 and three straight up in their last uh, 15 primetime home games. Um, and something really against the Bills, I just think this moment, they're not there yet to win a game like this. If they went into Pittsburgh and won outright, I think that would be super impressive. I know it's against a third-string quarterback and the team that's offensively has been banged up, but if they're able to pull it off, that's really impressive versus a veteran team like the Steelers. Um, but I don't, I don't think it happens. I think Tomlin has his team rolling, and he deserves a ton of credit. He's been under fire the last few years, and I think behind the scenes, he was dealing with a ton of drama that we kind of knew about, but not the whole scope of it. Yeah, I mean, think think about it, right? Le'Veon Bell, what's going on with him in New York? He's a good bowler. Yeah, he's a great, very impressive bowler, but sits out with the flu, then goes bowling, and bowls, what, a 251 or 255? Good for Le'Veon. And obviously, Antonio Brown, we saw that. Um, so it seems like he's, he's dealt with a lot of shit. <laughs> so I think for this year, it's probably just fun. He's kind of playing with house money all year. Yeah, with all the injuries, all the guys who left, you know, even going into here, probably not a ton of expectations. And then Big Ben goes down, still not a ton. You know, Mason Rudolph is terrible. They bring in Doc Hodges, and he's been decent, average. The defense has been good enough to win them a lot of games, so I think we're in agreement. Both like the Steelers at home, I just I don't see how they lose that game in Pittsburgh um, in prime time. Just the way their defense has been playing, and Minka Fitzpatrick, I didn't love the trade for the Sears we when they made yeah, it. Yeah, we were wrong. But <laughs> it's it's worked out. He's been incredible, and he's part of the reason they're, they're in the playoffs and probably will end up making it. But let's move on. Before we do our locks of the week, since it's a weaker slate and we've only talked about four of the games, we wanted to do a teaser, two-team, six-point. Um, Cody, I'll let you give us the first team of the teaser. Thank you, Tyler. Um, feels good to be back. Uh, in teaser land, um, my teaser nomination here to get us started here um, was your lock of the week team last week, the Oakland Raiders. Um, they are hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars at home. Raiders are six and a half point home favorites, so you could get that down to essentially a pick 'em. And Tyler, this is their last home game ever in Oakland. Um, I think the fans, the black hole is going to be out of control. This is it. They had the Warriors leave them this year in basketball. Now the Raiders are leaving them. They still kind of have a shot uh, for the sixth seed. Their schedule is pretty easy from here on out. They have three winnable games left. They've gotten their heads smashed in the past couple weeks. I think they bounce back here in this spot. And the Jaguars have been abominable on the West Coast. They're 0-6 against the spread their last six. Um, 
on the West Coast, so I'm I'm nominating the Raiders as the first leg of our teaser. This was my first choice, so I'm in agreement. Oh. I'm in agreement with you. Um, I think they win this game. Last game at the Black Hole, it's gonna be crazy. They win this game. They should let the fans storm the field. Yeah, they should. They've yeah, been in- carry off Gruden. Carry off Gruden, Derek Carr. It's gonna be a, a wild scene, and it's kind of crazy. Like the last game there, it seems like it just kind of came up on us. I don't know why the NFL didn't make it Week 17 because. You know, usually in week 17, a lot of stuff is sewn up. If you had the Raiders' last home game, that's another storyline. But yeah. I'm in agreement, agreement I'm with little, you. I'm a little sad, actually. I'm going to miss the Raiders in Oakland. But they're going to be in Vegas, so that'll be wild, too. That's and, true. This is a gambling podcast. True. And and there are teams at the end of the year that have bad records that continue to play hard, and there are teams that have bad records and fold. Jacksonville's the second, the latter. Um, they've lost their last five games by 17 or more points. Um, that's the that's the first time a team's done that since 1986. They're yeah, giving up on this team. They're tuning out Doug Marone. Um, they're terrible on the west coast and since 2008 in december they're three and 20 straight up on De- in december road games not very good seven and 16 against a spread not a spot they do well in and so i'm in agreement with you i think the raiders win this game um and then my nomination <clears throat> for the second leg of the teaser is the patriots minus nine versus cincinnati get them down to minus three and this line was originally a ten and a half, and it went down to nine and a half, and at nine now. Um, I don't care what any of the trends say. I don't care how the Patriots have looked the last couple of weeks. There's no way they don't win this game by more than a touchdown in Cincinnati. Cincinnati's terrible. The Patriots' defense has feasted on bad teams all year, and Cincinnati will be another one. In Cincinnati's last twelve home games, they're three and nine straight up, two and ten against the spread. Pats are six and one straight up, their last seven versus Cincinnati. And the last time the the Patriots lost a game, uh, not the last time, but they lost to the Chiefs at or on the Monday night game. Everyone was ragging them off. They were on to Cincinnati and they destroyed them. I see the same thing happening this time. I'm in agreement with you here. I think this whole Whatever's going on with the, this videographer situation and the the latest potential scandal with the Patriots, I think they're going to want to come out and just squash everything. I don't really think it was a s- systemic thing from Belichick. I think it probably was just a cameraman, but they don't really get the benefit of the doubt at this point. Um, so I'm in agreement. Three and a half is just it's nothing. The Bengals are tanking they want the first overall pick they want joe burrow um so we're in agreement here little pats raiders tease what can go wrong nothing Um, that's why it's a teaser never loses exactly free money um okay tyler let's wrap it up with lock of the week um you are up you are nine and five on the season i am seven and seven on the season high pressure week for me can't go under 500 just can't bad for business um tyler you are in first place so it's like golf i'll let you tee off first thank you nine five that's a really good record um so my lock of the week (laughs) i i had trouble finding it originally but once i did i love it going back to a game we talked about a minute ago i love the over in the raiders jags game 45 and a half um, I watched the Raiders last week as my lock. They play absolutely no defense. And Jacksonville, which has had a good defense the last couple of years, 
has not been very good over this last five-game stretch where they're getting blown out. They've allowed an average of 34.8 points per game, and over the the Raiders' three-game losing streak, they've allowed 38.6, which is terrible. A couple other trends. The total has gone over in four of the last six games for the Jags, four of the last five on the road. And then the over in this matchup has hit the last four out of the five last times. So the total has gone over a lot recently for these teams. <laughs> Defenses are terrible. Um, like we said, it's the Raiders' last game in the black hole. I think they put up 35 points themselves. Then you only need about you need 11 from the Jags, which is easy against this garbage Raiders defense. I've already locked it in. I love it. Um, so, yeah, that's my lock of the week, over 45.5 in Jags Raiders. Very random, but it will hit. Very random. Um, I think... I think it's interesting. I agree. The Raiders' defense has been disgusting lately. They've done nothing. They haven't stopped the thing. Um, I'm a little nervous about the Jags' offense, honestly, uh, pulling their weight. But trends you threw out there, very favorable. And I think the biggest thing is the Raiders, I, I think they're scoring at least 30. So you just need, what, 17 from the Jags? Yeah, I think, and a lot... I think you should be able to get that last game in Oakland. It's going to be some wild things that happen. I'm sure. Yeah. The Raiders are going to come out their hair on fire. So they could get up big. That only means more garbage time for Gardner Minshew and the Jags. The Jags have allowed the most yards per game. Their last three in the NFL and overall for this season, they've allowed the 23rd most Raiders have allowed the 28th most. So it's going to be a lot of up and down in this game. I see it along DD Westbrook touchdown. Oh, wow. I don't even know. Is he he's still playing. playing? He might not be, but he's, he's still fantasy sleeper though. Yeah, but so it might might be good for your playoff team. Mm-hmm. I don't have him, but also non division games for the Raiders over six and three this year. Jags five and three. It's a random stat, but it hits. Yeah, so right. I love this over. I I think the Raiders might get to it on their own, honestly. Oh wow. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens <laughs> there. Um. It'd be a shame if if you were to fall apart here the last couple of weeks of the season. Well, see what, what happens. What's your lock of the week? Because you tweeted out a very uh, sensual tweet today of SpongeBob. Yeah, yeah, of SpongeBob drooling. Yeah, because I love my lock of the week so much. Um, so my lock of the week, I'm taking the Minnesota Vikings. Shout out Lizzo minus two and a half at the Los Angeles Chargers. This line is way too low. Um, and I'm I'm all over it. Uh, the Vikings coming off a win last week versus the Lions took care of business. Pretty ho hum. They went twenty to seven. Uh, the Chargers absolutely destroyed the Jags, forty five to ten. They have been garbage before that. Um, will they start be? Will they start being a little feisty and play spoiler down the stretch? I don't know. I hope not. I don't think it's going to happen this week, though. I love the Vikings in this spot. I think they have to keep pace with the Packers. They still have their sights set on the division crown, which could potentially be a bye in the two number two overall seed. Or on the other side of this, they have the Rams and the Bears that are, are pretty hot right now. Only a game back of them. So I think they have to win this game. Um, I think they're going to show up to play. They're a great team as a favorite. They're 8-1 straight up their last nine. And 11-4 and against the spread their last 15. Uh, Adam Thielen 
potentially might be back. He practiced. There's a chance he returns. There's no home field advantage at all for the Chargers. I like them. Um, I like the Vikings have a nice little presence in L.A. I think, I think it's cold in Minnesota this time of year. It's brutal. You're in Chicago, Tyler. Is it cold there? It is cold, and I have a flag football playoff game tonight, so I'm going to be battling the elements. I've had two pick sixes my last two games. Oh, nice. No big deal, but I, I did look at this game as my potential lock <clears throat> with the Vikings. I don't know. I think you're walking into a trap. This was the same exact game I took a few weeks ago with the Packers and Chargers. Same reasons. Packers playing for something. Chargers not. The home field. The line's too low. I'm just, I'm a little worried for you. I don't want to see you go under 500. That would be a shame. 82% of the public is on the Vikings. 87% of the money is also on the Vikings, but the line has gone down. That's weird. Um, I, I'm personally staying away from it. I see your logic. Vikings need to keep winning for the playoff hunt, but the Chargers, I mean, the Chargers are the Chargers. Like a couple things break their way. They could be nine and four. Um, so good luck to you. Thank you. I'm willing to test fate on this one. Um, so Tyler, let's wrap up here. You have you have your flag football game in the elements. So best of luck to you. Best of luck to us. Go Vikings. And uh, yeah, go lock in that Raiders Patriots teaser for some free money. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.